0: as Dene Roots was becoming a business, I really struggled with traditional teachings and and making products for sale because there are some integral teachings behind um, traditional medicines. And what I kept being told was I needed to build my relationship with the spirit of money, that the intention behind what I'm doing, it's good. And it's for goodness. And it's for wellness. And it's to help. So I wrestled with that. And then finally, one day I said, you know what, let's just jump. Let's just do it.
1: everyone. Welcome to Venture Out, a podcast series from Entrepreneur that shares the brave stories of Northerners who are inspiring innovation and community well-being through business. I'm your host, Zena Cowan. We It is a beautiful day today in Whitehorse, on the traditional territories of the Ta'an Kwachan Council and the Dun First Nation, where I live. I'm recording this on my back porch and thoroughly enjoying the summer breeze, and I'm reflecting on the conversation I had with today's guest. In just a minute, you're going to meet Misty Ireland. Who is Decho Dene from Jean Marie River in the Northwest Territories? Misty is the owner of Dene Roots, a business that carries the spirit of plants forward through products and services inspired by Dene science. Her main offering is smokeless smudge braise and in her interview she'll tell you about the process she uses for bringing her spray blends to life and creating them with good intention for her customers. Smudging is a ceremonial practice that involves the burning of plant medicines. It's an important part of many indigenous cultures and it's used to cleanse, to purify the air, and to neutralize negative energies. But today we live in a world where lots of buildings have fire code restrictions that don't allow the actual burning of smudge with fire. Think hospitals, or schools, and this is where Dene Roots comes in. Misty creates smokeless smudges that are made with essential oils and can literally be used anywhere to ground and to connect. I always have some of Misty spray with me in my office and I always travel with it as well so that after a long day and I'm in my hotel room, I can smudge and just get back to a place of feeling balanced. And on a more personal note, Misty has been a close friend of entrepreneurs for a long time and she was a member of our very first cohort program with Joella Hogan, who was featured in our last episode. A lot of people don't know this yet, but Misty is also a Reiki master and a certified life coach. And last year in May of 2022, she decided to bring all her different offerings and gifts to the forefront and become a full-time entrepreneur. So no more side hustle business, she was all in. It's a huge milestone, and it's what prompted us to get Misty on Venture Out. In this episode, you'll also hear from Benjamin Scott, who is the founding project director and co-lead at Entrepreneur. and Ben's been able to witness Misty's growth journey from the very beginning, and the two have also been great champions of each other's work over the years. So let's dive in. I know you'll enjoy meeting Misty and hearing her humor and her insights and all of the wisdom she has to offer. Here we go.
0: Ireland. I'm uh, Decho Dene. Uh, I'm a member of the Jean Marie River First Nation, which is located Drake's smack dab in the center of the Decho region of the Northwest Territories. But I currently reside and run a home business called Dene Roots out of the town Hay River, right on the edges of uh, our traditional lands of the Decho and uh, the Catalo First Nations and West Point First Nations, traditional lands.
1: Great. And Misty, we'll talk about your business in a little bit, but first, tell me about your family and your upbringing because I know your roots play a big role in who you are today as a business owner and a parent and a community member.
0: Yeah, where does one begin? Well, I guess the first thing I'd like to share is that I'm a single parent of... um, one brilliant teenage daughter. She's sort of my world and kind of uh, a lot of the reason why I went into entrepreneurship because I was looking for the flexibility uh, needed to be a single parent of a child. Um, my parents are uh, Margaret Norwegian Ireland and uh, the late Leonard de Courcy Ireland. So I'm of mixed ancestry, but I primarily identify as a
1: Decho Dene. Um, yeah. Right. Well, and you just made me think how over the years, I've really enjoyed watching you raise your daughter, Margie, and offer her lots of unique experiences by bringing her along with you on all your travels and your work adventures. i curious Misty, what was your childhood like, and how do you remember yourself as a little girl? Well, I'm
0: getting to an age now where, when I think back to my childhood, it seems very magical. <laughs> I'm a '70s child, um, so I'm a Gen Xer, uh, and I spent a lot of time um, out on the land or on the farm because my parents were ranchers and uh, farmers. We raised pigs and chickens, and my grandparents raised cattle and We had this giant, giant garden that as a child, I didn't really like or appreciate because it was a lot of work. But uh, as I got older, I really have fond memories of the really good and wholesome food that, you know, we got to eat. So often I say we weren't rich. It wasn't always easy. We had, you know, financial hardships, but we ate good. We raised a lot of our own food. We harvested from the land. It was really important for my mother to come back to our roots in the day show. So I had the privilege of being able to spend anywhere from two to four months of every year in Jean Marie River. And for me, that was really magical, uh, really magical part of my childhood, because uh, when we'd stay in Jean Marie River, like you could just run wild as a child you're hungry, you just grab like some berries, raspberries or strawberries and eat that or dig for a wild carrot and eat that. And there was water everywhere to swim in. And at that time, if you were thirsty and run down to the river's edge, stick your head in and drink the water just like that anytime you wanted.
1: Wow, that does sound really magical. And like one of those childhoods that so many kids only dream of. What stands out to you when you think about the values and the teachings that you were raised with?
0: So we didn't have a lot of disposable income, but what my parents did, so we spent a lot of our free times and we did Sunday drives and we would drive all over the Northern Alberta. We would do our driving back to the North, running into trouble here and there, but it was always an adventure. And so along the way, we stopped, we learned about art, we learned about history, we learned, um, you know, how to be a family, how to talk with each other. And, and through that time with my parents, they would tell stories, both my mother, Margaret, and my late father, Leonard, are really, really good storytellers, and really, really good teachers. And so that's what you see and some of my parenting style with with my daughter, Margaret, is that we travel a lot. She comes to a lot of the meetings and events that I'm at because she's networking, she's learning, she's seeing, and she's learning about the land uh, and learning the importance of stewarding it firsthand as she comes along with me on my adventures and journeys.
1: Yes, and you're introducing Margie to the life of being an entrepreneur. Um, on that note, I want to talk about your business, Dene Roots, but I feel like we can't open that conversation without first talking about your deep relationship to the land and specifically the region that you call home, the Decho, because it feels like such an integral, almost central character in the story of your life and also your business. So. Can you describe it a little bit for me? Sure. There was always these
0: opportunities with my parents. So we'd have like red clover in the field and or alfalfa. And we'd go out there and my mother would harvest some of this and we'd dry it. And then we would be drinking alfalfa tea or red clover tea. Or, you know, we would be drinking bush teas with Labrador Uh, tea in it or wild mint. And I grew up thinking that this was normal and that everybody knows how to do this. And it wasn't until I moved back north that I realized, oh, that's not common. Not everybody knows what plants or trees or what parts of plants or trees that you can go out in the bush and pick and are they edible for food sources or, you know, are they good for healing this injury or that injury. Another part to that is when I would be done my chores and I would get to have playtime. And these sort of childhood play formed a basis for some of the magic in the Dene Roots products. So sometimes as a child, when I was done on a day like today, it's plus 27 out. You worked hard for a couple hours on the farm doing your tours, or out in Jaymarie. And I would go find a place, and I would like lie down on the ground. And I would bury myself, so I'm level with the leaves and stuff on the ground. And I would just lie there, and I would like breathe in really deeply, and I could smell like the humus, smell of the earth or the forest floor and i could hear the trees and the light wind blowing and creaking and you could hear the rustle of the wind in the leaves you could feel the little bugs crawling across your skin you could smell uh, everything around you and eventually if you're still enough you'd start to hear birds chirping again and I'd just lie there and for hours on end, just fascinated just being and watching the clouds float by in the sky above the canopy of, of the trees. And so it's not something I share very often, but when I had free time, that's how I played. <laughs> I hugged the trees, I uh, pretended I was part of the dirt. Um, I imagined I was talking on the wind And I just, my creativity, my imagination's connected with everything around me. And then, I guess, uh, moving forward into the Dene Root Sprays, it's experiences and memories like that that help me connect with the natural world around. It's memories and connections like that that are meditated on and preyed upon and that energy, the intention of that energy goes into the Dene Roots products. And I know we all have those experiences. And sometimes we get disconnected from those and we forget or we're not even aware that we're disconnected. That's sort of my dream is to help others build their connections and their reconnections to the natural world around them.
1: Oh, Misty, I just got chills hearing you paint that picture. And it illustrates how you have this very profound way of connecting with the world. And these sprays that you make through your business allow the rest of us to tap into that connection as well. How did Dene Roots go from being something quite personal and private to a full-fledged business?
0: When I became an adult and throughout my teenage and young adult years, I started to get interested in not just harvesting medicines or growing herbs for general health, but I also started to learn about essential oils. That's just basically concentrated oils from plants, trees and plants, and throughout my 20s and into my 30s, that was my hobby, playing uh, and creating products and sprays that my family might need with essential oils and helping my mom pick um, sap from the trees for uh, salves. So um, it'd been a hobby of mine for quite a few years, probably about 15 years. I had a couple of sprays that I'd make But um, it wasn't a business. It was just something I'd do from time to time. Before Dene Roots became a business, once a year at our annual assemblies, I'd make two or three dozen of these sprays, and I'd bring my little box with me to the assembly. And that first day, that first coffee break, uh, delegates would come, hey, do you have any of that spray? And uh, I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah. And in 15 minutes, I'd be out of my two or three dozen spray, and then that's it. And see you again next year. And at that same time, my elders at that assembly that year said, okay, enough playing around. Time for you to make this a business. Enough of this hobby nonsense. We see your DNA scientists, enough exploring, make it a business. And then the last piece of that that puzzle I seen this ad on Facebook it was like if you're thinking about going in a business or you you've just recently started a business we might be able to help you and it turned out to be entrepreneurs pilot project cohort one so all those pieces came together they're all happening simultaneously it was basically hurry up and get that business started
1: So, Ben, when you launched the very first call for applications for Entrepreneurth's cohort program, um, nobody really knew what Entrepreneurth was about or what it offered. But I remember you saying how excited you were when you got Misty's application because she checked all the boxes. She was an early stage entrepreneur. Uh, proof of market traction, had a clear vision for the type of impact she wanted to have with Denny Roots. And uh, Misty told me actually that she wrote her whole life story in her application. And then you went through the interview process with her. She got in the program and then you got to meet Misty for the very first time in person when you brought the whole cohort together in Yellowknife for a gathering. So what was it like meeting Misty? What do you remember about her?
2: Yeah, so when we brought everyone together for the first time, right away you could tell Misty brought a really special energy to the group that was warm and supportive of everyone around her. And she's a lot of fun. <laughs> so I feel like she brings a lot of joy to a lot of spaces. and. She's also one of those people that if you need help or support or advice, she always, she knows you're going to call before you call. So I just, yeah, we really appreciate her being part of the entrepreneur family and also like just encouraging us along the way as we navigate how to grow and develop what we're doing. And she's just always been a very big supporter of Indigenous entrepreneurship and and helps uplift others at the same time.
1: Yeah, she can be really serious when she needs to be, but she's also got a great sense of humor and uh, one of the best laughs I've ever heard. And if you're around Misty for more than five minutes, you are definitely going to hear it. Um, And Ben, you've gotten to witness Misty's growth journey quite closely over the last five years and you've seen her in lots of different scenarios and curious, what stands out to you about the path that Misty is on now?
2: Well, you know, as with many entrepreneurs, the timing has to be right for people to dive sort of headfirst into their venture with literally no safety net. Um, so what I've witnessed Misty do over the years was prepare her for that journey and so coming through the program we always knew misty and denny roots had so much potential and she has just really amazing products to share and gift other people and so what we've witnessed her do is just always be a sponge for business uh, knowledge she's taken a keen interest in understanding more about finance and, and also at one point getting involved in the impact finance sector. And I know she has a lot of responsibilities at a community level too, in the Decho region with their trust fund. So she has, yeah, just really been growing her business skills and and, and preparing herself for eventually, as we all know, she became a full-time entrepreneur just over a year ago and has been doing really, really well since then. And I would say the other thing that sort of stands out to me um, is Misty has always come with a really strong vision and purpose and her values are very integral to the way she operates. And I know like her her vision for Dene Roots is all about helping people feel deeply rooted and balanced in their spiritual connections. And she does it in a way that honors the teachings, Um, is really focused on healing our connections and balancing our relations and sharing our gifts with each other so i think she she sort of lives up to all those guiding values and i think people sense it when they buy her products and use her products and get to have the pleasure of meeting and knowing her
1: It's crazy how the universe conspires. And when the direction is clear, things do start to happen quite quickly, especially when you have the support of your elders. Um, You talk about your Dene Roots products being grounded in elders stories and Dene science. And obviously, this is very unique to your business and sets you apart. Can you talk about your process for actually creating your sprays? So
0: uh, some people I know out there think that um, I create the oils myself, but but I do not. I order essential oils from Canadian-based companies that certify and a level of quality, and I only purchase steam distilled or cold pressed products. So I make sure that there is no alcohol distillation involved. So it does mean that the ingredients that I use in Denny Roots products are more costly, but it's also more natural, in my opinion. The oils essentially Are the essence of the plants. And that's where the magic is. And part of my personal journey and my family's journey, uh, when we do ceremony, when we um, do prayers, we usually burn smudges, and smudges come in many different ingredients. There's like birch fungus, willow fungus, uh, you know, you can use pieces of spruce. You can use pieces of juniper, cedar, sweetgrass. Now, cedar isn't really uh, common up here in the north, but part of the cedar family is juniper. And juniper used to be a very important ingredient, and it almost kind of fell out of favor. And so I've been told by a few elders now across the three territories um, that it's good that I'm using juniper as one of my main ingredients in some of my products because I'm helping to bring back um, an old way that we almost stopped using. And juniper is everywhere. And it's a very, very powerful ingredient. We used it as medicine. We used it as smudge. We used it in many, many different ways. And it helps to purify the spaces we're in. And, uh, so the essential oil is integral part of some of the sprays.
1: You know what? I got to make a juniper berry scrub this past weekend in Burwash here in the Yukon with a woman from Kluwani First Nation. And you're right. It is really powerful and it's a medicine for so many different things. Um, can you tell me, uh, some of the ways that your spray blends have come to life, like what is the story behind them?
0: Uh, so, how how do they begin? Each product has a different creation story. Like Signier, I'm happy. That's a, a spray. It used to be called Wild
1: Rosa. Oh, very- I remember. I think I got one of the very first Wild Rosa bottles when you were just sort of introducing it and I loved it this was back in 2019 maybe Mm -hmm. that one happened very quickly
0: so there were uh some gifted people that were invited into a first nation that I was working for to do workshops and during a break I was tending to them to make sure that they they were okay and they were outside having a a fresh air break and telling stories and laughing and joking around. And right in mid-sentence, one of the ladies turned to me and said, Juniper and Rose. And I just looked at the lady and I said, you know what? I actually think I have essential oils at home. And I rushed home. I was renting a a tiny little house, it's half off-grid. It was a lovely little place, only heated by wood, no running water, (laughs) um, outhouse. Anyways, I stood in my little kitchen, and I closed my eyes, and I meditated for two minutes, picturing where on the shelves of all my oils were the oils that I needed to create a spray. And as soon as I was done envisioning it, I opened my eyes, I looked at the shelf, And I seen the juniper oil. I seen the wild rose and cranberry fragrance. And I had just enough of these ingredients to make three sprays, one for each of the healers and one for myself. I meditated on them. I prayed on them. I put the ingredients together. I bottled them. And on their next break, I presented them each with a bottle. And uh, I personally am not a lover of rose, but when I created that spray and I spritzed it into into the air in front of me and I stepped into it and I felt those little droplets fall on me, I just immediately felt uplifted and happy. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's kind of like happiness in a bottle. And that was how Signe was born. Another one called All Spruced Up, I was at a meeting, and an elder approached me and shared this amazing story, a memory of their late uncle, who happened to be my great uncle. And then the elder said, now, do you think you could take my memory, and you could make it into a spray? And I said, I absolutely can. So I researched for almost three months, trying to track down some of the ingredients of a special soap that was used in the late 60s, early 70s, and uh, and then meditated on that to figure out which key ingredients in that would create um, this sort of connection that she was talking about in her story. And then I had to think about and meditate on which trees my late great uncle would have been harvesting when he was out cutting wood. And then I blended the essential oils of these different plants and these different trees together. And it took me almost three months to come up with the recipe. And it was another three months before I ran into the elder and the elder immediately loved it, said that um, my great uncle would have been really happy had he been here to experience that spray as well. And what's really magical about the all spruced up spray is when you spritz once in your hands and you rub your palms together and then you smell your hand, one hand's gonna smell like the forest and the other hand's gonna smell like my great uncle Leo's favorite soap. And so (laughs) each story has its own sort of creation origin. But there's meditation, there's prayer, there's intent. Um, I also will take some time to do Reiki energy on the recipe, on the ingredients. And each time I make a batch and I bottle the product, they get reiki
3: Das war's my home, ist Nor the love affair, nor the love affair, nor the love affair. My home, snow nights of winter cold Spirit and soul, we were here before Desperately trying to stay warm Trying to fall in love with you
1: So by the time the customer actually gets the product in their hands, labor, so much labor and intention has already gone into it and so much thought too. And as I've gotten to know you over the years, Misty, I've heard more and more about your gifts as an energy worker. And this isn't something that you've talked about much Publicly, it's been more behind the scenes. But now that you're operating your business full time, it feels like you're starting to own this part of you more. Can you talk a little bit about how your energy work informs your product um, and also informs how you go about operating your business? So absolutely right. So
0: I've been pretty quiet um about about that and there's reasons why I mean her residential school teachings really did a number on people and their belief systems and then just not knowing or not understanding things so when I was very little I would say or see or do things that really made all the people around me uncomfortable because they couldn't see um those things or they couldn't understand how I would know certain things. And um, so I learned pretty young to just tune that down uh, more for preservation and safety and also for the comfort of the people around. We all grow at our own pace. But as you grow spiritually, um, when your third eye is open and you're not prepared for it, it can be pretty scary. And then spending time out, on the land and playing and like imagining that the trees were talking and that they had, you know, voices and then feeling their energy vibrate through the trunk, through my arms, into my body. Like this is my imagination and how I played as a child, not realizing, (laughs) not realizing that like that was really legit. That was really happening. I thought everybody knew that or played that way or thought that way. I didn't realize that it was sort of unique to some, and a journey for others. So in the older days, when you have unique traits surfacing, your elders would have seen that and would have paired you with others that have similar knowledge so you could learn from them. Um, But there's that disconnect in our cultures. Um, Some cultures are stronger and have stronger connection, but and in, in my upbringing, there was a bit, quite a bit of a disconnect, so I wasn't paired up with people that might ha- shed light on things. so I had to learn on my own from experience and through through the air. <laughs> and when I was a young adult in my early 20s, I went down to Alberta and I became a Reiki master. <laughs> and uh, I didn't know why it was on my bucket list, and I took four days training, and on my second day, I'm like, oh, "I know why I'm here." I'm here to learn how to flow the energy um, of everyone around me because it's something that I've been dealing with all my life. And then I just was quietly a Reiki master for like 26 years or so. Just Um, like on the DL, like if
1: you know, you know. Yes.
0: Yes. So there's only a handful of people who knew. And then once in a while, a gifted person will come by and they will ask something of me. And I'm like, okay, I know they know. I know they see that there's something else there. So I oblige and I would assist and I would help. During COVID, I went down and I got the last level of training and I became a master teacher. So not only am I a Reiki master, but I am now able to do attunements and teach others to be Reiki masters, if I so choose. And then on top of that, I'm also certified as a a life coach. So these all kind of build onto and support the products and the services that I get called upon that I'm only recently starting to acknowledge and develop uh, as part of uh, an offerings package.
1: I'm really glad that you're acknowledging them and that you're in this place where you're ready to expand your business and help more people. And on that note, last May in 2022, you transitioned to being officially a full-time independent entrepreneur. So you had had the Denny Roots business already, but when you went full-time, you decided to really commit to it in a new way and to integrate more of that energy work and the life coaching in your offerings. So, of course, I want to know, when did you decide that you were ready to make that leap to full-time?
0: Was I ready? I wasn't.
1: <laughs> That's how
0: I've been feeling um, since Entrepreneurs Cohort 1, the whole time, for four Four and a half years, you know, and then the 15 years before that, as Denny Roots was a hobby, I mean, like my whole adult lifetime, I'm not ready, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. But part of that is the conditioning that we go through or that we condition ourselves into believing. When you start working on unfolding and and really taking a look at your personal barriers, most of the time what's getting in your way is yourself. As Dene Roots was becoming a business, I really struggled with um, traditional teachings and making products for sale. Because there are some integral, integral teachings behind um, traditional medicines. When entrepreneurs would take the cohort to the different territories, they also connected us up with elders. So, in Nunavut and the NWT and the Yukon, I, I presented tobacco to various elders, talked about my dilemma. Back home, I presented tobacco to elders and I talked about my dilemma. And it, the same message came through. And what I kept being told was I needed to um, build my relationship with the spirit of money, that the intention behind what I'm doing, and the intention behind the products that have been created, it's good, and it's for goodness, and it's for wellness, and it's to help. But the only thing holding me back is my relationship with the spirit of money. And uh, that was really interesting for me because... Didn't matter right across the entire Arctic. That was the message I was hearing from the elders is that I had to work on me. (laughs) I was my barrier. So I wrestled with that. And then finally one day I said, you know what? Let's just jump. Let's just do it. You can't ignore it. Yeah, just do it. And, um, and see what happens, like what's the worst that's going to happen, right? Because I realized that my fear, my worry, I was a barrier to myself in the success of being an entrepreneur and in the success of my business. So if I just push through that and continue
1: doing what I'm doing, things should work out. I think that's exactly right. Right. And I remember being on some Zoom call with you. I think you were talking to some of the cohort members in our program. And this was right after you had launched full-time and you were introducing yourself. And you said, hi, I'm Misty, and I'm a full-time intuitive entrepreneur. And I had never heard somebody introduce themselves as an intuitive entrepreneur. And I thought... Oh, that's really good. She's so good. So how did you land on that title? Well, um, that's a great question.
0: And, and, it, and it took a summer. May 6th was my last day working for um, another company full time may 9th monday may 9th i'm like yeah i'm a full-time entrepreneur yeah we're doing this i'm gonna sit down i'm gonna this i'm gonna that i had all these great ideas and you know let's get the you know the product out there let's get the revenue flowing in let's get you know teachings out there and then may 11th our community (laughs) flooded and i and i I was panicking. And I mean, if there was the worst time to have quit a really good paying job at a really amazing firm uh, and go independent and like test, test the waters. And I had a lot of like doubt, but I was like, no, nope, it is what it is. And things are happening for a reason. Have faith. In preparation for going independent, I had saved up so that I could float the bills for three months, four months, if I had to, right. And so that that happened. So I was okay with that was now that I had the freedom and the flexibility to be 100% devoted to my company, my products and my offerings and my services. Now what? Well, one of the things that I kept wanting to do, but because I had a day job, I never had the time to do was to start being part of the local market. And here in Hay River, it's called the Fisherman's Wharf. And every Saturday throughout the whole summer, spring to fall, uh, you go down to the wharf and you could buy you know, really good wares and you could eat some really good eats, fresh fish. And, and um, I really wanted to be a part of that market, but I never had the time. So now, this is last summer, 2022, I had the time and it was really great because i got to talk to other entrepreneurs i got to network locally and regionally i got to meet um, tourists and along the way i was testing like who i was how i had introduced myself who am i and what am i what is my role at Dene roots am i the founder am i the owner i have all these things that go into the offerings behind the product And then eventually, by mid-August, I landed on Intuitive Entrepreneur, and why that works really well is now at this stage in my life, someone can approach me, and because I've had a lot of experiences, and I've had the honor and privilege of learning from so, so many people, you can approach me, share your story, share your dilemma. And I could I could think about it. And whether it's on a personal note or on a professional or on a business note, then I could say, here's my offerings and here's how I think I could be of service or how I could assist you with that. And, and then we go from there. And so it's an intuitive, like it's kind of like a gut feeling of where I think. I could best serve you as an individual.
1: Right. And you know that each person's inner world and experience is unique. And really, like, we've all got stuff that we're working through at any given moment. And as human beings, we need help and we need support. Well, Life is really hard. <laughs> Life is not easy.
0: And um, all along the way we have challenges. And I think um, for me, what's really important is um, when people can feel balance in themselves and their their spiritual connections to the things that you know are of value and of importance to them. For me, my dream is is to be able to help provide products that will help you connect and build or rebuild your spiritual connections, to help you connect to those memories when you've seen, seen the world with fresh eyes or um, wholesome energy. I'd like to have products that's going to help help you heal or cleanse the spaces you're in, neutralize some of those negative energies that might be floating around there so that you can connect and calm and ground so that you can do the the things that you need to do um, in a wholesome and healthy and balanced way. This is basically sharing love, (laughs) love and
1: kindness out there, filtering it out. And we need that so much right now. In our homes and in our communities and within ourselves, like that elusive balance. So, Misty, knowing that the world could use more balance and that there's probably, I would say, there's never been a better time for a business like Dene Roots to exist. Where do you want to take things? So,
0: I've wrestled with uh, where's Dene Roots, the business, going to go? Does it stay small? Does it grow? Does Dunning Roots get to a point where the products are being manufactured in big batches? Do I go out and seek um, investment funding so that I can scale up? Or do I just keep it small like a mom and pops type business? I'm still wrestling with that. Uh, right now, it feels good to be a solopreneur because I I know that the energy and the intention put into each and every product that comes out of the Dene Roots online storefront has has been preyed upon and meditated upon in a way that, that I understand um, so that the creation story is there and intact. But I have done some research and I've re- reached out to others in the energy workers to kind of talk about if I were to have other people come into the business to help and to work, which is where I'd like to go. I'd, I'd like to be able to teach others and I'd like to be able to provide other people with opportunity for employment and to learn and, you know. The dream would be to even have them go off and be their own entrepreneur. So there's that dream there. So how do you keep the the quality and the intention behind the product intact? So there's certain ceremonies that I can build in and certain meditation and prayers that I can build in. So scaling up is not, not that big of a problem. Having other people come in and work at Denny Roots It would be welcome. What are the exact next steps that need to happen? I would love to incorporate Dene Roots and have Dene Roots in an actual physical space of its own where you could come and visit and have Reiki energy healing or life coaching sessions or just come for a coffee or come browse the products. It would be really lovely to have that space. So that's where I'm dreaming of next.
1: I just got chills again because I can totally envision you having a storefront where clients can come in and have private sessions with you. And as an intuitive business owner, I do think that there's room for you to be bringing in the right people and training them up and mentoring them. Um, And on that note, Misty, when you think about your entrepreneurship journey and all that you've learned along the way thus far, what stands out to you as like a really important teaching or insight that you want to share with others?
0: Well, I think I, so. While I was raised believing that it was better to secure a job with an employer and have benefits and you know like every two weeks you would get that paycheck and you get a holiday and and to hang on to that job for as long as you can right but what I really found interesting was when I went full-time it really isn't as hard as I thought it was it really isn't as scary as I thought it would be And I really didn't understand why there was this resistance from people who mentored me and taught me in my lifetime to, oh, no, no, it's too hard to go into business for yourself. You should get a job with somebody else. And then the freedoms and the flexibilities of being an entrepreneur. And you can build in your cultural and language Uh, needs, you can create policy and procedures for your staff that reflect a northern worldview or a Dene worldview. The way that you believe the world should be, you can create that in your businesses. If there's hardship in your community, and you create opportunities through a business for yourself, for others in your community, for your community, You don't have to be political to help drive change. Like it's sort of that saying, be the change you want to see. And you can do that through your business. You can work hard, live a good life. You can support others. You provide a a service or a product that's helping and doing good in the world. And that's going to ripple out. You teach others. They watch you. You're a role model. And by living by example, you're laying down breadcrumbs for others to see and to witness and to learn from. They they see that you're doing it. They believe they can do it. And that's creating our economy. And it's helping Northerners be self-reliant. And it's creating other industries so we're not just reliant on Government or resource extraction or tourism, like we are creating little pockets of other opportunities and um, helping others to to do that. And the more of us doing that, the more change
1: we'll see, and the
0: healthier we'll become as a people.
1: Must see for sharing that, Misty, because that's the perspective that is driving this community of entrepreneurial change makers across the North. And it's what we very much believe at Entrepreneurth. And like you said, we really do need to see it to believe it. And you are a role model for a lot of folks. And you're showing that it is viable to operate a business full-time in a small community. My last question for you is, how do you see Indigenous entrepreneurs shaping the future of the North? Well, I think
0: there's, uh, there's so many ways I can go with that question. Indigenous entrepreneurs uh, collectively are paving the way to a healthy economy, an innovative economy. Um, where we are networked across the Arctic and supporting each other and helping to hold each other up. And in doing so, we in turn are creating that momentum uh, that's shifting and changing the way people do business, where you can do business, when and how you can do business, you know, it's okay to be out in the bush at the cabin. You can have, you can run your business from there. And I think the Indigenous entrepreneurs are emerging as strong ambassadors for our way of life in the North and for our unique cultures, our languages, our teachings. Um, one of the things that we touched upon earlier was the term Dene science. You hear a lot about traditional knowledge and what is referred to as Western science. So it just means science. And so one of the things that I as an individual was seeing was that science is elevated to a certain level of like expertise and knowledge and and you need that scientific background to add credibility to a theory or a hypothesis. And Traditional knowledge is sort of just like a story. It's, it's, it's good to know. It's nice to know. And uh, I didn't like seeing that as an individual that's hugely disrespectful of, um, of like the ancestral teachings that all of our peoples across the Arctic and around the world, like all First Peoples around the world, their ancestral teachings, those are old, old teachings. Those are very scientific. We're here because of that knowledge today. We exist today because of those teachings. And for me as as a person, myths and legends are like real. That's science. And um, so I adopted the term Dene science. And I just look forward to running into individuals who want to seek clarification on why I use the word Dene science. Because uh, science It's been around for a few hundred years. (laughs) Dene science has been around for thousands and thousands of years. The story that I'm sharing there is Indigenous entrepreneurs have that opportunity, that freedom, that flexibility, to uh, build those important teachings into the foundation of their businesses. And that helps drive health well-being
1: balance all the stuff that can potentially save us absolutely and mother earth hope you enjoyed today's episode thanks for tuning in I love Misty's openness and her generosity around sharing her knowledge and her perspectives. There's so much wisdom in how she approaches her work. And as she said, she takes a very intuitive approach to working with clients. And she offers services from a distance. So you don't even have to be in the north to work with her. So go on Misty's website. It is DenneRoots.ca. And there you can check out and order her smokeless smudge sprays. And there's also a contact section where you can reach out to Misty. Venture Out is a podcast production of Entrepreneur. Our co-producer is Travis Mercurdy, and our lead researcher is Jess Duncan. And the song you heard in the middle of today's episode is Northern Love Affair by Wolf. Also, a big shout out to Leela Gilday for providing us with Venture Out's theme song, Fires Across the Tundra. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to Venture Out and give us a five-star rating. And be sure to share your favorite episode with a friend. We would love to hear from you. So reach out to us through Entrepreneurs' Instagram and Facebook, and we will see you next time. We are
3: fires across the town.